Please turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. We are doing a series on the book of John right now. And uh, what I want to do to begin with is just start at the beginning and just read some verses through. I will do my best not to comment on them until we get to where we need to get to. I don't make any promises. All right. I said I'd try. All right. John chapter 1 and verse 1. There's just so much in this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember again that this in the literal text says the Word was in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Everything is the Word. Amen? And it went on to say, then he, talking about the word, was in the beginning with God. We looked at Revelation 19, 13 that supported all of that. Verse 3, it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John is introducing us to Jesus Christ in a very different way. All the other gospels go through all the genealogies. You know, this guy begat that guy, and that guy begat another guy, and then they kept begatting until this one came along, okay? <laughs> and John just takes all of that out and says, you know what his actual beginning was? It wasn't in all the begottens. It was in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then it says he was in the beginning with God. You know, he, he repeated himself there because he said, you need to get this. There wasn't God and then the Word. It was, he was there at the beginning with God. Amen? And then that's why he says all things were made by him. And then he said without him was not anything made that was made. Just in case somebody says, yeah, but what about that thing over there? Oh, no, nothing was made without him. Everything was made by him. Amen? All right, verse 4. <laughs> The next thing he brings out now is, first he says that he is God. Next he says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. I, I really love that, that he said, in him was life. He didn't get his life from anywhere else. As God, he had life in him. Are you all with me? God the Father has his own life. God the Son has his own life. God the Holy Spirit has his own life. They're all God and have life within them. Okay. And I love the next thing it says. He says, and the life was the light of men and women. Remember again, we talked about life being existence, but light being purpose, direction. Amen? So not only did God give us life, but he gave us purpose and direction as well. Praise God. Praise God. All right, verse 5. And it says, I really love this now. He, he, he introduces the topic of light. And then he says in verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now one of the things that I want to bring out from this is that the Apostle John is, is thinking about all of the opposition that Christ had in this earth. And he talks about Jesus Christ being light. Remember, you are the light of the world. And Jesus Christ came as light. So he said not only did he have life, but he also brought light. And he said that light lit our way, gave us direction, but also he says that when that light came, those that were in darkness didn't comprehend that light. I need you to see it in a different way. People who love darkness, we're going to talk about this later on, people who love darkness can't comprehend the light because they don't want to be in that light. Are you all with me? So he's bringing this out now. 
And then what he does is he moves on because he has now shown Jesus Christ as God, Jesus Christ as light. Then he went on to verse 6 and he says, there was a man sent from God. Now he's saying, listen, I've told you these things about Christ. Now let's go and see what some of the other witnesses have said about him. We'll start with a witness that you don't want to argue with. Okay, this is John the Baptist, you know, camel hair and wild locusts and honey, you know, one of them fellas, all right? I would pick Arnold Schwarzenegger for this guy, I think probably, you know, one of those real, you know, don't mess with him. Okay, verse 6, he says, there was, a, <laughs> there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, I mean, verse 7, that all through him might believe. I want you to know this light again. Do you, are you noticing this? Yeah. He said that man came for a witness to bear witness of the light. Now this is really important because he's just identified Jesus Christ as light. Like, like this, okay? Life, light. And then he says somebody came to bear witness of that light. Okay? And then he says he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. In other words, he's saying, listen, even John knew he was in that light. Now, we're going to give more of that later. All right, but he jumps in because of this. And, you know, you might think, why did he bring John in? Because he's saying, listen, even John knew he was in the light. People asked him, and people are going to ask him. We're going to see that in a minute. But he said himself, I'm not that light. I'm not that person. But I have come to bear witness of that light. Amen? Verse 9, he says, that was the true light, which gives light to every man and woman coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world. Who was in the world? I got to pause. Okay, who was in the world? He has just identified Jesus Christ as God. He has just identified Jesus Christ as the light. He has identified Jesus Christ as the life. And he is saying, he, God, the life, and the light were in the world. Did you get that? He's saying again, all of these things, God, the life, and the light were all in the world. And watch, he says, <laughs> the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. They did not know God. They did not know the life that they had. The, the life, the very life that they had came from him. And the light and the purpose they had in their life came from him. Isn't this sad? Are you with me? Verse 11, he came to his own, now talking about the Jewish people, and he said his own did not receive him. Isn't that sad? They did not receive God. They did not receive the light. They did not receive the life. Get this now. Verse 12, and I love this verse. This is one of my favorites, okay? <laughs> but as many as received him, we did, we did, okay? To them, he gave the right, and the other versions say authority and power. I really love this. To become children of God. The light, the life, God gave us this authority. Said, you want this, you can have it. No darkness can oppose this. There's nothing that the devil can do to stop you. You make a decision and he wants to kill you off, it won't happen. He can shoot his biggest demon at you and it won't work. Because we got bigger. And more. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I love this. And so again, he says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the authority, the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You know, we're going to shorten that down, who are born of God. Okay, not all those other things, but of God. Hallelujah. 
All right, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So are you seeing something here? We're seeing that we're saying, first of all, that in the beginning was Jesus Christ. He was God. Then it said he was the one that had light and had life. Now all of that is going to be made flesh and dwell among us. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. It says the word became flesh and dwelt among us when we beheld his glory, his light. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15. We're back to John now. John bore witness of him and cried, cried out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Let me read the New Living Translation. It said that this is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before I did. Now this isn't the Apostle John. This is John the Baptist. Amen. He is saying, listen, I'm tell, talking to you about somebody that existed long before I existed. All the religious leaders, all the religions, and everything else, before all of that stuff everyone thought about, he was there in the beginning with God. Not created by God. He was with God. He was God. Okay. Th these are important things. This is who we serve. This is who lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Verse 16. And of his fullness or rich blessings or superabundance, we have all received grace for grace or grace upon grace. Or another translation says one gracious blessing after another. Boy, I tell you, there's so much in that. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice something. The light and the life brings grace and truth. Right. I really like the uh, voice, the way it translates it. It says, you see, Moses gave us rules to live by. <laughs> All right? But Jesus, the anointed Christ, okay, he says, offered us gifts. Don't you prefer that? Of grace and truth. I love that. Oh, that's yummy. Okay. Now, <laughs> again, verses 1, 14, and 17 tell us who we're talking about. Puts a name to it now. When we say in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's verse 14, 17 says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see the link there and we know the word is a he and the he is Jesus Christ. Amen? So no question about that. Verse 18 says, no one has uh, seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. In other words, he's saying, listen, nobody up to this point has ever seen God. They used to think that maybe Moses and all, you know, all of them fellas okay, got to heaven. They didn't. That's what the whole story about the rich man and Lazarus is all about. You can't see hell from heaven. Remember when you know, the rich man went to hell? Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. Okay, and he, he looked down and, you know, the rich man said, send Lazarus. You know, he still wants him to be a servant, you know, and to dip it, you know, finger in the water and, and so on and so forth. And remember, um, Abraham said, there's a gulf between us. Right. We can't cross. 
That's why Jesus had to go and grab all the Old Testament saints and take them up. Because you have to be reborn to go to heaven. None of them were because Jesus hadn't died yet. That's why he said to Nicodemus, dude, if you drop dead right now, you'll be in Abraham's bosom. You won't go to heaven. You need to get saved to go to heaven. Do you get this? So all of people's good works don't get them there. That, that just puts a nail in all the religions. Amen? Amen. See, this is why we're doing this. Because we need to know. Somebody says, you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. You better believe what I believe. Because it is a truth. And I didn't decide it was a truth. It was a truth long before I came. I just discovered the thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, verse 19. It says, now this is the testimony of John. Now notice again that the apostle, the apostle John is giving us witnesses. He is giving us insight into Jesus Christ. And he's kind of going down a list. He's saying, these are all the things he is. And these are the people, excuse me, these are the people that witnessed to everything that he was. It wasn't, you know, you can make all kinds of claims, but you need to prove that then in what you do and, and the way you behave and so on and so forth. And that's what this whole gospel is about. Everything that the Apostle John has written in those first 18 verses, he is going to prove throughout the rest of his gospel. One thing after another. This, this, this is brilliantly written. This fisherman wrote a great gospel. See, when you get God, all things are possible. He didn't go to, you know, yeah, that was it. We're going to see this. Let's, let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> All right. So verse 19, he says, Now this is the testimony of John. Again, this is John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites, not the Jews. I love this. You know, John always says the Jews. They're always causing problems. <laughs> no, no, you know, he doesn't distinguish. He always, you, you read his gospel, it'll be like, oh, yeah, here come the Jews again. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why? Wasn't he a Jew? Wasn't Paul a Jew? No, they all became Christians. They no longer said, I'm a Jew. They said, I'm a Christian. Do you understand? Okay. So when, they are, when he makes reference to Jews, he's talking about people that are just rejecting the Lord. Pretty much. And so, okay. The other Gospels don't make that distinction, but this one does. Okay. All right, and so when the Jews, again it says, now this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from, Jerus from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Now, the literal text says this. It says, who are you to be making unfriendly remarks about the Pharisees and Sadducees and be insisting, listen, that the children of Abraham have to repent and be cleansed? See, that was the, the big question. Remember the, the things that the, the re religious leaders used to always come back at Jesus with? Whenever he spoke to them, they said, oh, we're the children of Abraham. Right. We're getting in, like it or not. That's why Jesus said, oh, you bunch are going to end up in hell if you keep this up. John 8, 44. <laughs> right? This is a short version. All right, but this is what he's talking about. That when they said, who are you? Who are you to be doing this? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. Watch this now because, you know, they all thought maybe he was. I mean, this man just burst onto the scene. Camels here and all, you know, and he, people were coming to him in droves. 
something was going on. And they're thinking, maybe this is the dude. You know, but see, <laughs> John's family, both mommy and daddy were priests. Remember Zechariah in the temple and all? Okay, both came from priestly line. Mary and Joseph came from the royal line. That's why they had to go to Bethlehem to register. Okay? King David was their ancestor, right? And, but, they, you know, this, and they didn't look all this stuff. But <laughs> when it was John, he came from priestly stock. So, you know, he kind of got blue blood in him. You know what I'm trying to say? So the priests are going to go, we don't want to mess with this guy. Because he came, and this was a miracle child. Because we all know the story about Elizabeth couldn't have a baby. She was called barren, and then boom comes John. Hello. Old age and all, you know what I'm trying to say? With another one of those Abraham and Sarah things happening. So, you know, there's this kid. He's come from priestly stock. He's out there, you know, just doing his thing. And, and it's just like people are responding to it, okay? We don't want to argue with this too much. But, gee, he says some bad things about us. Is what the Jews are saying, you know? So they're kind of upset, all right? And then, uh, uh, are we up to verse tw 21, aren't we? Yeah? And they ask him, what then? Are you Elijah? Okay, now this is referring to an Old Testament prophecy. That in, uh, this is in Malachi 4, 5, that says, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's great for the people that accept him. It's dreadful those for those that reject him. That's why it's both, okay? <laughs> and he said, I am not. He said, are you the prophet? This is another Old Testament prophecy about the, uh, the coming of God's anointed prophet. This is Deuteronomy 18.15. And he answered, no, I'm not one of those either. <laughs> and then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? They're like, well, can we stop asking questions and making assumptions. Verse 23, he says, listen carefully. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Wow, he gave him something. He said, I'm not any kind of prophet or anything else. But let me tell you something. I am a voice. I am letting you know something right now, and you need to be listening to the voice. Now, verse 24. <laughs> it says, now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. So the apostle John identifies them, okay? And verse 25, and they asked him saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Now see this, they went down the list because you know, they're on a fact-finding mission now. Yeah. Are you one of these three things? Because these are the only three things that allow you to do this. See, you didn't go to college with us. We don't remember you in the graduating ceremony. <laughs> we don't see you on the roll. Where did you come from? We know about your parents. But you know, you're kind of hanging out in the deserts all the time. You didn't go to school. You shouldn't be doing this. Where are your credentials? See, what they didn't realize was God had left the synagogues. Because nobody was worshipping him there. So he found someone and went off into the desert and started ministering out there. And they all came. Let's keep going. 
So again, they asked him, verse 25, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Verse 26, John answered them saying, Listen, I baptize you with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. He's saying, you shouldn't be worried about me. It is he coming after me is preferred before me. Okay, again, he's emphasizing Christ's superiority here. All right, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to lose. He's saying, you guys are looking at the wrong person. You're looking for the Christ? He's, he is among you. You don't know yet. He is the one you should be. That is the one you should be putting your eyes on. That's the one you should be listening to. That's who I'm pointing you to. Now, remember the Apostle John is writing all of this. And he, this is his way of saying, John the Baptist has made it very clear that he is not the Christ. When they sent this delegation, okay, from, from the synagogue or whatever, you know, to go and interview him, interrogate him really, okay? And he, in that interrogation, in that interview, he said, I am not the one you're looking for, but there is someone. So he's saying, if people have thought that, and you are thinking that, then understand the very person that you think might have been the Christ, he has himself said he is not. All right, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. The apostle John is now going to move to something very important. And he says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So this is the Apostle John writing about John the Baptist and his testimony of Jesus. Not only that he is greater, but here is the Lamb of God. The Jews knew about lambs. They knew about the sacrificial lamb that took away the sin. Okay? And he's saying, behold, the Lamb of God. That takes away not just your sin and my sin, but the sin of the world. This one lamb is going to pay the price for everyone. If a price needed to be paid for everyone, then there is no other way to God than him. That's why Jesus will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life because I am the lamb. That will take away all of that that stopped you from getting to God. Okay. Verse 30. This, this is of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 31. He says, this is incredible. You know, I, I missed this. I don't know how many times I read this. I missed it. He says, I did not know him as Christ, the eternal son of God is what he's saying but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Verse 32, and John bore witness. Now, li listen. Here again is the reason why the apostle John includes this in this gospel as a witness, okay, of, to Christ's deity. He says, and John bore witness saying, I saw with his physical eyes now he's speaking, okay? He said, I saw the Spirit of God descending from heaven like a dove, and he, that is the Spirit, remained upon him. Verse 33, this is a key verse. He says, I did not know he was the one, listen, but when God sent me to baptize with water, I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation because it's the clearest, okay? Next two verses is from the New Living Translation. He says again, I did not know 
he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, when you see the Holy Spirit descending and resting upon someone, he is the one that you are looking for. Did you see that? He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, listen, all I can do is baptize you with water. But there is one that's coming that the Holy Spirit will land on. He will baptize you with that. <laughs> okay? He won't just baptize you with water, which is the reason why a lot of people think Jesus baptized people. He never did. In John chapter 4, I believe verses 1 through 3, it tells us that. That even though it says that Jesus and his disciples were baptizing, Jesus never baptized anybody. You know why? Because otherwise people would say, well, I was baptized by the Messiah. Oh, you got one of John the Baptist's baptisms. <laughs> I got the Messiah's baptism. His water is better than that one's water. He never came to baptize with water. John himself has said, he'll baptize you with something else. This is just a cleansing. This is just to let you know you need something. So that when the real thing comes along, you go, I want that. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Verse 34. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. See, that was it. John said plainly, I have seen and I have testified this is the Son of God. You want to argue with that? You, you know, <laughs> you got problems? Again, remember, John is a miracle child. John comes from priestly background. John is bearing witness. He said, I'm a voice that is here to tell you about something that's coming. I'm here to prepare the way for him who is coming. I'm here to prepare your hearts for him. That's why even, you know, <laughs> the Pharisees come to John's baptism. He goes, I don't know about your repentance. Bring some fruit. Show me. Hello. Because he, he looked at them and said, your hearts aren't right still. <laughs> Amen. Verse 35. How long do I have? Okay. Let's see what we can do. Again, the next day, John the Baptist stood with two of his disciples. Now, what's going to happen? <laughs> Something very interesting. So the story is progressing. All right? First, John says, the word, Jesus Christ, is God. He is light. He is life. Amen? And then he, he says, listen, even if you don't believe me, there is one that you trust, that you hold in high esteem. He himself has said he's not the one. He was making such a big splash, and yet he kept saying, I'm not the one. There's someone else. And he himself said, I have seen and testified that this, this is the Son of God. This isn't just a really good guy. This isn't just an amazing prophet. He said, this is the Son of God. You all with me? No, before that, there wasn't any other sons of God. Now we're all children of God. But before then, there was one, one, one. <laughs> one. Okay? All right. <laughs> so, now we're going to shift over to Jesus Christ and the impression he's going to make on people and the people that are going to come to him. We're going to see a little bit about the way God evangelizes. I like this. Okay, all right. It says, and again, the next day, John, that's the Baptist, stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, said, 
he, uh, as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they turned and followed Jesus. And they said, Okay, then. Remember, he had already said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. They would have heard that before. And now, you know, all of that delegation is gone, thank God. And this is the next day, all right? And so Jesus comes around, and, you know, John has heard. Uh, uh, jo this is, by the way, John is in this, okay? That's why he knows to write this. All right? Him and Andrew are the two disciples they're talking about. All right? So the two of them are standing there, and he, they had heard what their master had said previously. And now he says, oh, this is the guy. They go, oh, this is the one we've heard everything about. This is the one that John was arguing and telling them all off about. They're going, okay, see you later. John will go with him then, <laughs> okay? Because you said you were preparing us for him. Then what are we doing hanging around you? <laughs> Amen. You know, this is really interesting. We really need to see what a great man John was. John didn't say one thing and do something else. John didn't say, behold, the Lamb of God. And wait, don't follow him. I don't have any more disciples. Come back. A little bit of religion is good. No, just don't get all crazy about it. <laughs> okay? No, no. Listen, man. Get crazy. Okay? This is how you need to be. You need to be. You find something, you go for it. If you find the truth, follow the truth. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> Uh, where was I? So again he says, the next day John stood with two of his disciples, looking at Jesus, walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples thought, well, let's go. And they turned around and walked and followed Jesus. Verse 38. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is uh, translated to mean teacher, uh, where are you staying? Why? No. <laughs> and he knew why they were asking. And he said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was the tenth, about the 10th hour, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Why is that important? What does that tell you? That this was the Apostle John, the writer of this gospel, telling you this because he was there. This was the time when he received the call and he accepted it, the very moment that he found God. Amen? You know, those are the moments in our life we want to remember. When did you find God? When, what was that moment? That was his moment. Hallelujah. He never forgot it. Verse 40. He says, Now one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. The reason he didn't mention his name was because he is the one writing. Okay, <laughs> uh, Simon Peter's brother, okay? Verse 41, he, that is Andrew, first found his own brother, Simon Peter, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Can you imagine this declaration? We have found the Messiah, we found God, <laughs> okay? We found the promised one, all right? <laughs> Verse 42, and Andrew uh, brought his uh, brother Simon to Jesus, is Peter. And when Jesus looked at him, watch, watch, watch this. He said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. Who told him? Nobody told him. Okay. He said, you shall be called Cephas. He's already seen right into him and <laughs> said to him, I know who you are. This is who you're going to be. You know, because right now your name means read. You just go in whatever direction. We don't want that. We need you to be a rock. 
So I'm going to change the name like he changed Abram's name to Abraham. He said, we need to change the name because you need to start thinking of yourself as different. No more read business with me. Okay, and so, <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay, so, which Cephas is translated Peter or a stone. That's what it means. Verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, I want you to notice something. One of Jesus' disciples goes and finds his brother, right, and brings him to Jesus. Now Jesus goes looking for someone. See, whichever way you come to Jesus is great. Somebody might have led you to him, or you might have, he might have just come and found you. You were in your prayer closet, you were praying and said, God, if you're there, do something. And he did something. And like, whoa, <laughs> okay then, you're there, <laughs> okay? Watch this, this is, this is the reason why all this is written down. So you just see the different ways people come to God. Either you come to him or he'll come to you. Okay, <laughs> all right. Now Philip was from Bethsaida. You know what's interesting? We don't hear much about Philip. Jesus went looking for someone that we don't hear a lot about. You just think, why Jesus? Because everybody is important. Did you hear me? Yeah, but I'm not that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you're important. You're important enough for God to come looking for you. If you never thought that you were important, he'll come to you. You don't think you want to go? To, some people go, I don't want to bother God. <laughs> You're not bothering him. Okay. <laughs> he loves you. Verse, did I, did I uh, read verse 44? doesn't matter. It says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Verse 45. Philip, now watch this. Okay, now Philip found Nathaniel and said to him. See how this is working? Okay. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the... Oh, I ran out of time. Okay. <laughs> I can't leave him here. Okay, just one minute. Okay, he says, we have found of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. All right, but watch this now. He's saying this is the law and the prophets. I want you to see that. Jesus said, I haven't come to destroy but I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Amen? And he's saying, this is who Moses wrote about, and all the prophets, they, this is the guy that we're talking about. This is very important, because all of these are witnesses. All of these are people that in inside knew something important, something special was happening. This was an important individual. Remember, John is saying this was God amongst his people, and these people were starting to recognize it. Those that were open were recognizing it immediately. Verse 46, And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come from Nazareth? <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know? And, and Philip says, Watch what Philip said. Come and see. Don't just sit there and make up your mind and make assumptions. Come and see. That's all we need to do. Come and see. I'm not going to try to convince you. Come and see. I, I'll read this and we'll come back. I, okay, okay. William McDonald, I don't usually give you commentaries, but this one, I have to read this one. This is awesome. He says, Nathaniel had problems. <laughs> okay. Nazareth was a despised city of Galilee. It seemed impossible to him that the Messiah would live in such a poor neighborhood. 
And so he voiced the question that was in his mind. Philip did not argue. He felt that the best way to meet objections was to introduce men directly to the Lord Jesus. A valuable lesson for all who are seeking to win others to Christ. Don't argue. Don't engage in prolonged discussions. Just bid men and women to come and see. Amen? Amen. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no deceit. You know, this is actually in the literal text. He says, Behold, an Israelite, in whom there is no Jacob. Because Jacob was a deceiver. And so in the literal text, it actually tells you what Jesus made mention of. And he's going to make mention of Jacob twice now. All right, here's the first time. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, watch this, this is a supernatural work of God. This is how you win people, supernaturally, not arguing their face off. All right, <laughs> he just see a few words and he's in there. He says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Did you see that? Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Do you know why? Because nobody saw him there. It had to be God to see him there because he was communicating with God. That tree was his place that was his prayer closet. In other words, Jesus said, I saw you in your prayer closet. I saw you in that place where you talked to God. Guess, who's, who, guess who you're talking to? That's right. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? In the literal text, it's not a question. In the literal text, it's actually a statement. He says, Because I said to you that I saw you under a fig tree, you believe. And then he says, You will see greater things than these. And he said most assuredly, and he says in the literal text, Amen, Amen, twice. He says, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is another reference to Jacob. This is from Genesis 28, 12, when he, that is Jacob, dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Listen, when we put all of this together, what we see is that Jesus is not only the Son of God, but also the Son of Man. He is the ladder between man and God, and God and man. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why we worship Him. That's why we call Him Lord. Amen? Now we're done. Let's have every head bowed and pray. Close. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we just thank you, Father, for this incredible revelation, this insight. And I thank you, Father, that people receive this. And Father, I just thank you for anybody that's out there that may want to receive you, Jesus, as Lord. We're going to give them an opportunity in just a moment. But we just thank you right now that we have found the way, the truth, the life. We have that light living on the inside of us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen. Amen.